You are listening to Houndstooth Heroes, the conference championship edition. My name is Greg Dawkins. I'm joined, as always, by Ellis Metz. And if you are new to the program, you can find us on our website at houndstoothheroes.com, on Facebook, or on Twitter at Heroes. That is correct. And first off, let us start by thanking friend of the program, Bill Howard, for supporting this international podcast. Uh, he and the good folks at Wild Bill's Wing Sauce have been too good to us by putting us uh, up to the tastiest of sauces that they offer. You can now find the sweet and spicy, as well as the Carolina ghost pepper sauce at wildbillsauce.com and anywhere Bama Wise products are sold, which includes most Alabama Publix, the Winn-Dixies, and Yon Pigwig. Yeah, get to that pig sign. You are correct. And also, another thanks to uh, sponsor Druid City Brewing Company and all the good folks uh, that hang out and work there, including Bo Hicks and Elliot Roberts. Uh, they always keep us in the tasty of suds, whether it's uh, game day or not. You can always find something fun to do at Druid City, Dru- Druid City Brewing Company. Sometimes you get stuck with Emo Night with Tyler, but you can still win Bow Bucks on Trivia Night. And speaking of deliciously cold libations, what are you drinking, my funky foul? Well, it's uh, sort of in a, a down period of sorts, so your boy's been taking in some of the happy hour margaritas at the local Cinco de Mayo, uh-huh. like you do. Right. Um, but I've got to say, quickly, I need to start working on finding a Washington beer. That's going to need to be a thing. I'm sure Seattle has a billion breweries, of which I've probably already sampled and don't even realize it. Uh, you know any off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head, but, you know, my brother does live in Seattle, so I'm sure he can give me the lowdown on the very best uh, Washington brews available in the greater Nashville area. Hashtag sources. We will check into that Tell me about yourself, though. What are you drinking tonight? Well, let me tell you what happened, my friend. I was buying beer at the local the local store. It's called the Bodegona here in uh, into Bodegona. Guatemala. The Bodegona, exactly. And uh, I bought what I thought was a beer. Because you have to buy you have to buy them like in singles. They don't have like six packs or anything. Uh, so I bought you know several beers. Um, and what I thought was a beer, but it turns out is an eight percent alcohol by volume fruit punch. So, and it also came with a warning label. So I drank that first. So I'm a little bit, so, you know, when I miss words and everything, that's uh-huh. why. But what I am drinking tonight in honor of the Florida Gators who were summarily dismissed is a rogue dead guy. Oh, I like it. Yes. The dead yeah. and the Gators and the. That's what's yeah. happening here. That's I like it a lot. Exactly. Well, well played. Uh, on that note, yes, indeed. Uh, you you heard correctly. Your tide has won its third Southeastern Conference Championship in a row. If you didn't know that by now, you need to check your Wi-Fi connection. Uh, the the boys from Alabama dismantled the Florida Gators, fifty four to sixteen. If you are a frequent listener to this program, hello, listener Fred. Hello. <laughs> you most certainly trusted your boys when we told you to take the Gators and the under, which Absolutely. seemed like golden <laughs> picks at the time. But alas, here we are. Uh, I assume, though, from a, from a game of 54 to 16, where we expected maybe something else to happen, we probably have some takes afterwards. I, dude, I have takes a go-go. Uh, let's start at the beginning, shall we? As things usually go, we started slowly. 
And it was peculiar, frankly, watching another team drive down the field pretty effortlessly. This Appleby guy, um, and the, you know, I not baby back, baby back, baby. See, totally wrong restaurant. Totally wrong <laughs> restaurant, as it turns out. This Appleby guy was able to find open receivers seemingly at will, while Alabama's offense couldn't manage positive yards in the first quarter, finishing with negative seven yards. Yeah, that first quarter was really stressful. And to your credit, I may have said more of it on the show, but you were the guy who said if they can get the ball in Antonio Callaway's hands, our defense may find itself in trouble early. And that's exactly what happened. Correct, Amundo. Exactly. Uh, I I will tell a quick anecdote, which we try not to do on this show because we're strictly based in facts and X's nose here. Uh, But I actually had to drive during the game, which is the worst. Uh, and and so it was during the drive, Florida was just driving the ball downfield. There were two drives going on simultaneously there. Right. Uh, and I pulled up to my location as, what's his name, the Florida running back, got down to the three-yard line. And little did I know what an awesome play Ronnie Harrison made to chase him down and then totally deck him like 10 yards out of bounds, right. which was great. Uh, so I, in a fit, stormed out of the car and kind of stomped around before I even went inside. The whole thing. <laughs> Uh, only to come back and find that the Tide defense has stood its ground and gotten us the ball back. As they do what they do, my friend. That that really was fantastic. Rashawn Evans on that third down play, crashing the hole as he did, was awesome. So I think that's my takeaway is our defense just doing what our defense does. Uh, picked up the slack from the offense, especially early on in the game. Our boy, the Falconer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah! It was, it was a stretch uh, with the with the pick six and gosh, we've said it before. We will, I hope, say it again this season. Just the most fun to watch once he gets the ball and decides that he's going to try to score. So that <laughs> was fantastic. There was also a blocked punt. Uh, yeah. I want to say a kid's name was Gore. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs caught it. I think the block the block oh. key. Okay, was it was a right. walk on by the name of Gore, but don't quote me on that. All right, Gore Gore is the fourth or fifth string running back. So yeah, yes, that's exactly that would not surprise. Was, so he blocked it, and then our boy Josh Jacobs, third three star out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, caught that and scored to put your tide up thirty three to sixteen at the half. Uh, were you worried? Was I worried? Um, at thirty three to sixteen at the half. I was comfortable. Yes. Uh, nobody scoring. I, I did not. I did not see the first quarter happening like it did. So anything could happen. Uh, but I felt like nobody scoring thirty four points on us. Yeah, that's exactly. I, I think the case. Once we get to twenty, at least yeah. to this point in the season, once we get to twenty, it's pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it felt, it felt a lot like two thousand eleven when I was sitting in the Superdome watching. Um, Ole Miss in Alabama, I mean, LSU in Alabama in the national championship game. Once we got to 15, I wasn't, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't just ordering all the drinks and relaxing and taking my shirt off. But once we got to 15, I felt like, all right, nobody's getting 15 on us. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the same way I felt about this is once you get to 20 or 21, um, I'd be really shocked if somebody scores more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agreed. And, and again, nowhere was that proven more than the goal line stand from the defense, which uh, was early-ish on in the third quarter. And I think that turned out to be the pivotal quarter because in addition to the defense uh, locating its 
uh, yeah. there's a scientific yeah. word for what I'm looking for, but it's blanking, blanking. Nut sack right. is what you're looking for. Yes, that was it. Okay. Nailed it. Uh, right. Gonads. Gonads. Defense right. located its gonads. Uh, and at the same time, our boy Lane Kiffin finally heard Saban in his ear yelling to run the damn ball, along with some, right. I guess, 60,000 fans in the Georgia Dome. Uh, so from that point on, Bo Scarborough has, I guess, separated himself as our workhorse back. He did his part, just looked strong as hell, and looked finally, I think, like the Bo Scarborough we had been expecting and hoping for uh, for a number of years now, and he finished the day with 11 carries for 91 yards. True, and I have one quick story before we get to the scariest of takeaways. Right, row. It's a good one, though. All right. The, the, the origin of Run the Damn Ball, if, uh, if the heroes will recall, came from uh, 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 you and myself. Uh, during the Texas A&M You're game. You're giving us all the credit for Run the Damn Ball? Every damn bit of it. All right. Now, however, did you happen to see uh, – this was a Texas A&M game where Johnny Menzel absolutely handed us our ass. Mm-hmm. Now, did you happen to see uh, the Barstool Sports pizza review thing that, that went up today on Twitter? I missed that. Okay. Today on Twitter – Barstool Sports does a pizza review once every day uh, from the various pizza places around Manhattan. Today's special guest star was none other than Johnny Menzel. Now, my point is this. Yes, he beat us, but had I known that Johnny Menzel was going to become a pizza per- a pizza hawker later in life, if that was had I known that was his career path, I would have felt a hell of a lot better and watching that game and getting beaten. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Because we could have always said, yeah, you're beating us, but, you know, later in life, you're going to be hawking pizza. <laughs> anyway. That's a good point, and... That's my aside. We've got so, that going for us. Yeah, exactly, which is oh. nice. Uh, but anyway, there were some <laughs> scarier takeaways. Sean Deion Hamilton left the game with what turned out to be yeah. a torn ACL, and with Marlon Humphrey dinged up and Eddie Jackson out... Hamilton was somebody we could hardly afford to lose. So that leaves us with Anthony Averett, Tony Brown, Ronnie Harrison, the Falconer, and Hootie Jones in the backfield. Not exactly an All-American roster with an All-American quarterback uh, on tap in Jake Browning. Yeah, agreed totally. Um, Tony Brown made a heck of a play on on an interception, and I think that was the first time, at least in his tenure in Tuscaloosa, where fans have probably seen the talent that we thought was there. Uh, If he and Saban can, you know, I always think back, I think it was probably this time last year when Alabama was announced for the uh, playoffs, and there's the sort of infamous video of Saban putting down a styrofoam cup and giving the golf clap, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He and Tony Brown were sitting next to each other during that, and seem to be joking and having a big time. So I think okay. I, there's a there's got to be a good side to Tony Brown, right? Right, because well, when he first got to campus, Tony Brown was not Saban's favorite, to say the least. No, and hasn't been. Uh, he was but, sent home uh, from the bowl game last season. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think he has. Uh, yeah, I think he's gotten more in his graces. And and look, when I la- labeled those, uh, you know, rattled off those names. 
So I would say, you know, Tony Brown is a scrub, Obviously. you know, hanging out, hanging out with his best friend's ride, you know, hollering at people. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, this is not, you know, we're missing some names and some big time names. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, but again, I mentioned Rashawn Evans earlier, who I was really impressed with. He he had one sort of miscommunication in the game, and he and Ruben and somebody else uh, let Florida score an easy touchdown, which we, I hope, I pray we don't see again. Uh, right. But, you know, that's kind of, at some point you have to own up to what everyone else kind of mocks Alabama for, is that, well, we just lost a five-star, but here's another five-star to take a spot. Exactly. So exactly. hopefully that'll be okay. Uh, the, the the one maybe injury that we probably the I don't, don't want to say injury just ever happened. It, it's just the dumbest. But our idiot kicker uh, from <laughs> from Poland somehow managed to tweak his shoulder, and I just got to say I can't even. Right. I literally, literally can't, can't even. even. This uh-huh. guy graduates. I want to say uh, in December, and it just can't come soon enough. I want to send a big all-American cookie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just get the, just get the hell out, dude. Just get the hell out. Uh he yeah, he can't graduate soon enough. Uh but uh, there was one development that we probably should touch on, and that is Ruben Foster's suit. Oh, bruh. Have you ever th- seen anything more uh just fantastic in your life? No, not since I placed order on the Amazon uh, Prime account for the same thing. Right, I hear you. Okay, first of all, Lamar Jackson shows up for the Heisman Trophy and something he something like an eighty dollar thing from yep. Macy's, yep. whatever. Okay, Ruben Foster shows up for award shows in houndstooth head to toe, and it was pimp AF. I mean, I mean, the fit was perfect. The pattern was perfect. If we exactly. haven't made it clear by now, as as Greg just mentioned, we don't want no scrubs hanging no. out the passenger side of their best friend's ride, and luckily. <laughs> With Ruben representing us, we don't have it. Right, exactly. All right. Uh, you know, we've got an important part of this podcast that really most people tune in for, and I guess we may as well go ahead and move on to it now, should we? We should, and I'm going to ask you, Greg, would you please rate the game in an emoji? I will absolutely rate this game in an emoji, Ellis hey. Metz, and that is going to be a party hat and a disco ball. <laughs> Whatever happens going forward, winning the SEC and making the playoff again for the third year in a row is worth celebrating. What about I, yourself? I totally agree. You know, I'm going to give it the alien face. Oh. Uh, a, little, a little bit of an obscure choice for me, but if you look at it, the alien smiling and the alien looks like you are not on the same planet that I am. And uh, I just, I, I've never quite seen anything like the defense. We probably shouldn't have glazed over the game Ruben Foster had. Uh, some of those tackles he makes, I mean, are frankly just like pro, not even NFL level, but pro bowl level. I mean, he yeah. really has, has shown himself to be special uh, and potentially from another planet. Henceforth, mm-hmm. I'm wow. going with the... Henceforth, therein, I don't know. Right. If so facto, I'm going with the alien. All right, existential. All right, moving on. Beyond the game itself, and before we get to the rest of the things we're going to talk about, and I know you can't wait for those, I have written and rewritten and revised this portion of our little uh, podcast outline, and believe it or not, this podcast is outlined. 
um, this portion a number of times because our Bowie, our boy, Joey Freshwater, Lane Kiffin, keeps getting rumored to getting coaching jobs. So I, I had him in Houston. I had him in the South Florida mix. And I had all sorts of jokes lined up for <laughs> Tampa. I mean, my God, Lane Kiffin at Mons Venus. I had all kinds of things ready to go. But as it turns out, Lane is going to Boca to uh, coach Florida Atlantic Owls, which, by the way, allows us to call him henceforth the head hooter, which I think is good news for everybody. <laughs> Solid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but Lane and Boca, okay, Lane and Boca, first of all, beyond head hooter, uh, he's also going to have to adjust his desired, let's say, demographic uh, a little upwards, don't you think? Uh, for, from all accounts that we've heard and seen, yes, I think there will be an adjustment made. However, having said that, there was some news uh, from the Florida Atlantic Ladies of 80 Pie, correct? Yes, and <laughs> I should say RIP. Uh, I don't know if I'm RIPing the Heroes or the FAU 80 Pie chapter because they tweeted out a very, what I'm sure was innocent and sincere, welcome to their future coach, Lane Kiffin, and said something along the lines of they can't wait to see what he brings to their campus <laughs> and oh god if they only knew right uh, so your boys had a hearty laugh at it along with a few others and were promptly banned <laughs> from the florida atlantic chapter of alpha delta pi well you know they're lost they're lost, right? right exactly uh, yeah. yeah so the head hooter had a press conference where he um did uh manage to suddenly and let me just say lane kiffin when he smirks is perhaps one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Uh, and, of course, during the press conference, he brought the smirk at the precise time that he mentioned the Vols catchphrase is going to have to build his program brick by brick. And it was lovely. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm sad that he's not going to get to do this in Crimson uh, for the next few years at least, but... It's such a joy to watch someone who hates Tennessee with as much passion as we do uh, right. continue to succeed. Do you think he gets pissed off at Knox because of his name and locks him in a closet? You know, I've wondered about that. I think surely he's just sort of disassociated the, the, the city, Knoxville, and Knox County as a whole from his brain to where it's not really a thing. But I have wondered, and, it, and it's not out of the question. Right. I think at some point that child's going to be abused and we should probably alert people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. um, so we've got some other news beyond Lane Kiffin, and nothing gives me as much joy, honestly, uh, as LSU fans getting mad online. Oh, and boy, have they been mad online this week. They really have. Um, let's start with, though, while we're on the lane, did you think Lane would go to LSU? Let's assume... That and I, this was never really a doubt in my mind. But let's say Houston, South Florida, FAU, Temple, whoever, you, uh, Indiana, whoever you want to put out there, none of that works out. Uh, did you ever think Lane was headed to Baton Rouge? All right, I don't know. And here's all right. You keep hearing from all the people who know a lot more about inside Alabama than we do that his contract was up and he was not coming back. And I don't know because he and Saban shared the same agent which I'm assuming is Jimmy Sexton, it but is. I don't know that, um, that uh, they had reached a mutual agreement prior to the season that he was not going to be returning. Uh, now, having said that, LSU, do you jump ship to well, 
do you jump ship to go to a division rival uh, and kick sand into the face of the guy who rescued you from the coach from the coaching wasteland? I don't think that's what Saban had in mind when he said, yeah, let's part ways. <clears throat> I can't imagine he thought, yeah, let's go ahead and send him to LSU. We're about to deal with his ass every year. Yeah. I, so I can't imagine that being the case. So I may be on an island here, but I do think if all the head coaching gigs fell through, Lane Kiffin is not going to be without a job next year. And I think that job would have been in Alabama. Yeah. I mean, it may have been a one-year extension until, you know, something better comes up. But I cannot imagine, number one, Lane, I guess Lane's a dick, but my God, that's a dick move to go there. Um, but number two, I just, I don't see Saban saying, yeah, let's, that's that's the that's a good move for you. I think he finds a way to keep him for one more year until he finds because what he wanted was a head coaching job where he re- can rebuild his rep. And doing that in LSU, that's a lateral situation. With I mean, frankly, he's got uh, the SEC offensive one of the SEC the offensive player of the year or not in uh, in the Hurts. But anyway, he's in a hell of a lot better situation in Tuscaloosa uh, as an offensive coordinator than he would be in LSU. So what? I mean, what is the upside of making that move? Yeah, no, we are in full agreement, and I don't want to belabor the, belabor the point, but I just think uh, he was prepared for one more year in Tuscaloosa, which is what he said in the press conference today, whether yeah. that's true or not. I mean, that's right. a fine line to say, but uh, he and Coach O do have a history, obviously, and what is hilarious and brings us to our next point is that I genuinely believe, and this was reflected by a number of Baton Rougeans on the glorious Roll Bama Roll Meltdown thread, uh, special edition posted this week if you haven't checked it out. But the the Coach O hire was made not not just for, but but at least in strong support of the fact that he promised he would bring Lane Kiffin in as his, his offensive coordinator. Uh, so now they are stuck with Dakocho and no Lane Kiffin, which is hilarious. And On they got top the guy of, from Pitt, correct? I'm sorry? They got the guy from Pitt, correct? Did they? Uh, I haven't heard that. I, I don't know that it's been a hire, but all the LSU people are talking about, his, his last name is Canada, I don't know his first name. Oh, yes, uh, okay. Man, I don't know Canada, that, I want to say. Okay, I don't know, I don't know if Pitt had a... Had a had a you know star-studded offensive showing this year or not, but it uh, when you go from Lane Kiffin to the guy from Pitt, that does seem like a step down to me. I've actually promised our webmaster, shout out to at Ian Petty, uh, hey, that Petty. we would be nicer to Pitt on the show. Oh, uh, he is a noted <laughs> Pitt and fan, and we tweeted something along the lines recently from from the official account, and I say we uh, tweeted something along the lines of. There should be a rule about the playoffs where if you lose, it's it lose to Pitt and GTFO. I think is what uh-huh. it said. <laughs> Which, you know, I feel yeah. bad about. And I'm sorry. Anywho, uh, Anywho, LSU fans shunned by Lane Kiffin, and then two of their own also turned coat and quickly pulled on Crimson. Uh, one being, I think, number one linebacker in the country, five star guy Dylan Moses. Correct. Who has been a long time Tide commit, but took a last minute official visit to Baton Rouge and, and just then, said, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, very quickly. Literally, the, his next, decision. the next day signed his financial aid grade. Uh, oh, he took his man. official visit to LSU and the next day signed his financial aid, aid agreement with the university. That is. I mean, damn, that's harsh. Yeah, just savage. <laughs> uh, 
and give me the details on the the last guy there. Uh, the, the last guy there is uh, Isaiah Bugs. He's a defensive yes. lineman who can make an immediate impact as a freshman. I don't know. I don't know his star rating. I don't think it matters. But he was as sure a thing as there could have been as an LSU lock. Uh, he is I'm not positive. No, he, I was going to say West Monroe, but he's not. He's from Ruston, and he has been an LSU lock uh, throughout high school. I mean, LSU fan, whatnot, whatnot. He posted on Instagram, really um, kind of called LSU out. I mean, he was, you know, decided Alabama's the place for him, whatnot, whatnot. I appreciate all the interest from LSU. But at the end, he said, you know, look, uh, you don't have a coaching staff in place. And if I don't know who's going to coach me, I've got to make a decision uh, based on what's best for me. And right now, LSU's not that place. So, you know, boom. Yeah, excited about that. And uh, just a quick note that Isaiah Bugs is. Twitter handle is at Big Poo ninety one. I'll repeat at Big Poo ninety one. So if you'll recall, <laughs> around signing day of uh, twenty sixteen, we gave some breakdowns of how we rated the Twitter games of some Alabama incoming recruits and commits, and uh, may have to repeat. But Big Poo, a strong leader at the turn here. Who, who hadn't been there, my friend? Who has not been there? <laughs> All right, uh, so we're gonna go ahead and get it, move off the uh, trash in Louisiana, folks, and move to uh, a little bit of the game, the upcoming game at hand. Yeah, I hate to do it, but we probably should. Uh, right. Everyone knows by now your tide just narrowly made the playoffs, uh, coming sure. in as the Power Five's only undefeated team, thirteen and zero, and we have been rewarded, I suppose, uh, with a face-off against the Washington Huskies. On New Year's Eve in the early game, which is, I believe, 3 central time, God's time, uh, in Atlanta, while Ohio State and Clemson have been banished to god-awful, which you can vouch for, Glendale, Arizona, for the late semifinal. Uh, A little, just just briefly, touch on the matchup. How are you surprised? Did you think anybody got screwed? And and are we in okay shape against the the dogs here? The, the all right, uh, yeah. Dogs? Um, all right. First of all, let me just tell you this with regard to God awful Glendale. I don't care what t- what game your team finds itself in. Do not go to Glendale, Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. That place is a disaster. There's nothing to do. The stadium's out in the middle of nowhere. There's like a little strip mall out there with a couple of bars, but that is it. Uh, and Phoenix itself is no better. But that's not the point of the conversation. Um, <clears throat> the top four don't, did not shock me. I I wanted Penn State to replace Ohio State. That was no secret, just based on their criteria. In addition, Penn State would have been number four, and we would have beaten the holy hell out of them. Uh, but it shook out kind of like I thought it would. Yeah, I thought we were going to get Washington. We've got Washington. And um, I have... Everybody is preparing for a thumping of Washington, and I think they need to slow their roll. Um, if you look at the stats, and we will get into the stats later in the podcast, but uh, Washington, everybody's like, oh, it's a Pac-12 team, whatever. We're going to roll all over them. Slow it, Gump. Uh, Washington is not your typical Pac-12 team. Uh, they have a very stout defense. They have uh, an All-American quarterback in Jake Browning. They have one of the best wide receivers in the country whose name I think is Ross. Something, I don't know. You may want to confirm that. All right, but anyway, he's one of the better wide receivers in the country. Uh, they can't run the ball uh, because they really haven't needed to. Uh, so, you know, I have some thoughts on what we need to do in terms of defensive-wise, but all of us, just as a preface, when you think Alabama's going to roll over Washington, unless we can live in their backfield – 
if they get their if they make their throws, uh, we're in for a long ass day. It's going to look a lot like Clemson did last year. Yeah, uh, agreed. I will say I think if we've learned anything in the first couple weeks of the playoffs, it's that the commission. Uh, doesn't really care about anything, any precedent, any sort of thing like that. Um, and I still maintain that their main concern is viewership and dollar signs. So hence, I believe, you know, it, we're strong believers in the process, so we're not going to look ahead. But I think probably the playoff commission is looking at getting that Alabama-Ohio State rematch for the championship game. Otherwise, I think you could have made a very strong argument that Washington was the third best team and bumped Ohio State down to four. Uh, but again, that doesn't quite work with their narrative there. Uh, that's yeah. about all I got. I think it'll be an interesting matchup, and Chris Peterson obviously brings his own interesting dynamics. He is a saint in sort of that whole part of the country from Boise uh, on north and west. But... Uh, I I just I am sort of gumping out like you mentioned, you know I think they're a good team I think they do some things really well but if you can't run the ball and if you can't shut down our running game I think you may be in for a long day that's all I'll say but okay. uh, moving right along all I right, want I'll to get, get... I'll... go ahead what no 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 okay well I'll I'll just expound on what I was saying about Washington. I uh, said their defense is stout. A lot have been said about Pac-12 defenses, and as I said, this one is different. Washington allows less than three and a half yards of carry on the ground, and they thrive on interceptions. And uh, given our quarterback's propensity throwing the ball at people in different colored jerseys, that is problematic to say the least. Uh, nationally, they check in at number 10 in defensive ranking, which is behind Clemson and ahead of LSU. Uh, and if that number scares you, it should. Uh, then when you look at their rankings and hope at least they're vulnerable against the run or the pass, neither is true. They are top 15 against both the run and the pass. So when Alabama has the ball, we're going to have to play a balanced game and not make mistakes. Any takes on when Washington has the ball or you got more on that? Uh, no more on that. No, I think those, those are good numbers. You know, they're, again, I'm just, I got to get my gump on. I just, they've <laughs> played, they've played some good teams. USC, what we saw in week one is not the USC that Washington saw, uh, lost to that USA team, but right, but it wasn't a blowout. It yeah, wasn't it a was... blowout. No, that was a good game. Um, but again, I just, I think the rushing game may be a huge factor. Uh, and I don't think anyone really in the country, maybe outside of, aforementioned uh, East Baton Rouge runs the ball quite like we do. But that said, let's get to when Washington has the ball. And I wish I had better news for you, but it may even get worse. Uh, If you've been hiding under a rock, you may have missed this, but Washington is led by quarterback Jake Browning, who was a Heisman contender and All-American. Frankly, Alabama has not faced a quarterback of his caliber, uh, he he can move a little bit, but he's got a great arm strength and accuracy like nobody in the SEC has had in probably a few years now. Uh, Washington's rushing attack, nothing to write home about. They're probably going to have to rely on a one-dimensional game plan, which I will be interesting to see. Uh, but don't get too excited because. While we do have the number one defense, uh, I might friendly give you a friendly <laughs> reminder of 
both the Ole Miss and Arkansas games. I mean, frankly, it was, you know, months ago now, but Chad Kelly had his way with our defense through for under 400 yards, over 400 yards, and a couple of touchdowns on the day. Uh, Arkansas's quarterback, I can't even remember his name, uh, had a whale of a day against us as well. So it may be, it's not going to be, I'll say this, it won't be the Michigan State game we saw last year, and maybe a lot closer to uh, the championship game we played against Clemson where there's just a superstar quarterback who can carve up our defense, sort of take control of the game at times, maybe not the game itself, but but uh, moments of the game, and I'm afraid our offense may, or our defense may have to outscore whatever they bring. Yeah, and I'm interesting that you brought up Ole Miss because I think that's probably the best analogy to this game because Ole Miss can't run the ball either. Uh, but it's not as though we ran Ole Miss out of the building. Like you said, Chad Kelly put up over, th- over 400 yards, and that was when our defensive backs were at full strength. So uh, we've got an equivalent, if not better, quarterback with a an equivalent, if not worse, defensive backfield. Uh, I'm just saying, be wary. Uh, you know, don't uh, don't go around dancing like we're going to win this game because you know we will get to the spread probably next week and make a pick. Uh, right now, the spread I think is 16 and a half points, yeah. but I I would put even money on whether we cover the spread or whether we lose this game. Uh, I think that's entirely possible that Browning carves up our defense and we end up on the short end of the stick. <sighs> yes, I'm going to save any more fire takes we may have for next week's bowl extravaganza. <laughs> yes, sir. You say it like that. I did all these weird finger things. Listener Fred <laughs> couldn't, couldn't see, but there will be a bowl extravaganza <laughs> next week. Tune into that. We're hoping to maybe get a guest or two. We'll see. Uh, but before then, we're not done talking about the Alabama-Washington matchup because we have everyone's favorite segment, Heroes History. History, history, history. Thank you. Uh, this, start us off. This, yeah, I will. This one's got me excited, man. Uh, Alabama's 4-0 against the Huskies, but that is not the story here. The story is the 1926 Rose Bowl which some refer to as the game that changed the South. Alabama was led by Johnny Mac Brown, also known as the Dothan Antelope, a nickname later revived by Whit Kelly, and Coach Wallace Wade, whose 1925 team had allowed only one touchdown during the entire year. Yeah, if you're unfamiliar with this matchup, you should probably turn off this podcast and head to your local library or whatever the kids do these days uh, to get smarter. Um, at that time, these the, the football powerhouses were on both coasts. Alabama was about the fourth choice to play in the Rose Bowl uh, after it was rejected by, get this, Dartmouth, Colgate, Green, and Red. Princeton. Yes, thank Otaga. you. Yeah, uh, we we were given basically no chance, and comedian and and quote thought leader Will Rogers called us Tuscaloosers. That guy, nobody's <laughs> said that since. Uh, right. <laughs> always original. Anywho, Washington had this star quarterback, running back, kicker, like they did. I guess he was a halfback, whatever they called him, uh, by the name of George Wildcat Wilson, who we knocked slap out. At the end of the first half, uh, Coach Wade came into the locker room and all he said was, they told me the boys from the South would fight. So the Tide left the locker room, scored every point we needed in the third quarter, went on to win that game, 
behind the arms and legs of Johnny Mac Brown, 20 to 19. A dothan antelope. Yep, and the South went wild. On the train ride back home, there were marching bands and cheering crowds as far as the eye could see. And when the train got back to Tuscaloosa, it took the team exactly one hour to get from the train depot on Greensboro Avenue to downtown, which I can walk these days in about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it was not just marching bands and cheering crowds in Tuscaloosa, but literally all along the train ride back. That I mean, we just can't say enough about this game, what it meant for our program, what it meant for the Southeastern, it wasn't even the Southeastern Conference, but what became the Southeastern Eastern Conference and college football in general. This is the game. We're not hardly doing it justice. So again, there are many resources, maybe at your local library, maybe on Wikipedia, uh, that will give you an even hotter take than we have. Uh, but you know, yeah. that's 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 our hero's history because that's really that, all there is to yeah, talk about. Exactly. The game that changed the South. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, fortunately, apologize to all of you who came for picks looking to regain your homes, automobiles, whatever you may have lost in last week's debacle. Uh, yeah. But you're going to have to hold off. Until next week's bowl extravaganza. Ganza, ganza, ganza. Where we will break down all of the bowl games involving the SEC teams and probably a few others that we just find of interest. And including one Peach Bowl where we'll give you a little more insight and our hates of the week. The week, the week, the week. That's right, Ellis. There is sure to be a lot of hating. Uh, we may even get the fellas from Pete Carroll was right on the podcast, but we can't be sure. And if you have not managed to check out Pete Carroll was right, I would suggest to you that you do so. You can always find it on houndstoothheroes.com. And that'll do it for another edition of Houndstooth Heroes, brought to you by Wild Bill's Wing Sauce and the Druid City Brewing Company. Remember, you can check the website at houndstoothheroes.com, or you can find us on Facebook or on Twitter at H2Heroes. We will see you next week. Take us home, my brother. Thank you, Gregory. Y'all be good. If you thought this was the worst podcast ever, uh, just just head to the podcast app, five stars, voice it there. As I said already, y'all be good. (laughs) Roll tight.